In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. It's a five-year special. Jack may argue it's a five-year special. I'm here with my co-host, Jack Duffin, for five years. And I'm here with Ian Wright Wright, probably for two or three. But anyway, Jack, it's, it's all about us today. I'm joking, Ian. Uh, Jack, four years ago, we met, I think, at an England game for the first ever time, watching have a few beers. And we're now here. So uh, how's it all been for you? It's mad. I, I, well, I came to your old office near Tower Bridge. Um, was going to be the guest on the first podcast and then never left. Um, now we're going into season five. It's, uh, it's bananas, mate. Absolute bananas. And Ian, how many years have you been on the podcast? Well, if you remember right, we linked up. My first podcast would have been when the Browns signed Braxton Miller, obviously the former Ohio State guy. So we linked up in London when I went over there for my engagement, which would have been August of 2019. So without doing exact math, I would say that uh, I've been a part of your guys' show and uh, a subservient loyalist since uh, August of 2019. So this would be coming up on year three for me. Well, so yes. So guys, today I want to talk about you, Jack, you, Ian, and myself. Well, somehow what? I've compiled more hate mail in three years than Jack has in five. So I got to be doing something right. Yeah, let's just talk about the uh, popularity of uh, Paul Brown Podcast. I would like to think I used to be number one, but it definitely is Jack is the favourite now, which is bizarre because over the years it used to be, I like Paul, but that Jack, or oh, he's annoying. Now Jack is the absolute superstar. Well, outside of the cap talk, though, people think Jack's just a bumbling idiot. They still love you. You're like the mascot. You're like the face. Jack's just the guy they want to cite in arguments. If you go outside of that and you're like, Jack, what'd you think of that college game? They, they don't use Jack anymore. Yeah. I, I, I am a draft expert that doesn't want to see uh, college football. <laughs> uh, just a quick plug while we're there, Jack. Um, you, uh, you did some of the OBR yesterday? Yeah. So uh, yesterday I dropped the first age guardrails article of the year. So 760 players are included and it's all their age profiles, where they're going to be drafted. Um, we know from three drafts of, hey, there's certain thresholds for a first to third round pick, for a fourth to fifth round pick and a sixth to seventh round pick. So all of those are broken down, all color coordinated and super pretty. So uh, you can go over to the OBR, give that a read and uh, I'll be updating it as what we've got. Nine months left till the draft. Um, so it's, it's, it's coming around. <laughs> we'll, we only have an entire season to play. Well, let's, ask, let's start with this. Jack, what's been your biggest highlight of the podcast? It's got to be the Green Bay game. Um, the three of us together, Christmas Day, drinking cider, myself at like 11 o'clock in the morning without a care in the world. And um, that for me, it was just... That was cracking. The behind the scenes on that one, obviously, Jack, was 
you know, I had told my wife, Hey, the boys are coming over for green Bay. You know, this was way early in the season. And of course my daughter was, uh, our initial due date was December 16th. And when the schedule came out, it's like, Oh, Browns Packers Christmas day. I'm like, of course it would be. So then she's born on the 1st of December and within probably a day or two of her being born, she's like, are you still planning to go to that Packers game? And I'm like, well, yeah. And she just looked at me and, you know, bless her heart. And she was able to allow me to go. I will gladly uh, tip the hat on that one. Cause it was one of those ones where I had to make it work and all that other stuff. But yeah, that was, that was definitely a fun time getting up there, seeing you guys, you know, Paul, obviously big time to us and went and sat with the, uh, the luminaries and we got stuck in the bleachers. But other than that, you know, it was uh, that was definitely a good show. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, probably the highlight for me. And, and it's, this may sound a bit weak, but it is the community. The community is great. And um you know, the amount of games we go with listeners and I just love it when people actually do listen to the podcast and they quote you on things and you're like, really? Did I say that? The one I will say, I know, I think Jackie may be going here. One of the highlights was the guy, I think his name was Gary in the bar in Green Bay, calling you out, Paul, for not being on your own podcast. So that was a good one. Well, but the other one. Yeah, the other one was uh, I, w- I had the chance to go to Pittsburgh with you, Paul. So I'd say my highlight uh, out of that was you getting hit with a chunk of ham. So that one was right up there with that. So Green Bay, the ham. The do you, top, do you top remember, moment. though, when I got hit by the ham, I, got, I found one of the fans who was a in year that later, program, and they came, on the, they came on the podcast. Yeah, well, they called us a bunch of bad words, our mothers, our wives, our kids. I mean, he was – he was definitely an angry Steelers fan, but no, just in, even in Pittsburgh, it's funny because if you've never been around Paul in a, in a, in a tailgate, not only does he drink all your beer, steal all your money and require appearance fees for all of his uh, tailgates, which seems to be the rumor, Paul. So if you're getting paid to show up at tailgates, I'd sure love to see maybe a cut of this income, but uh, Paul will just stand in one spot and it'll be a cycle of people just coming through to talk to him. And everybody has one thing they want to accomplish. Do a shot with Paul Brown, do a shot with Paul Brown, the man with the Jaeger and everything. It is just incredible how you are able to do that many shots consecutively before a game kicks off and then have no bloody idea what actually happens in the game because of the 35 shots you did before. Yeah. When I before I'd gone out there, because that was like the first game in the US I'd seen with Paul, it was like, it'd been mentioned, it was like, oh, yeah, everyone knows Paul Brown. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I did not believe it. And then when as Ian said, when people were all at the bar going, yeah, yeah, I want to do a shot with Paul Brown. I'm like, hey, how the hell do you know who Paul Brown is? And B, it's like, he's just a dude everyone goes and has shots with. It's, it's just such a great vibe. It was really, really fun meeting everyone and having chats though. So anyone that I met over there, loads of great people, obviously drunk a fair bit. Um, but I'd say actually on the podcast, my favorite moment was when I was absolutely hanging complete state. And I said to Paul, I was topless and it's when the uh, shirts on during podcast rule came in. And I said, later today, Damaris Randall's going to catch an interception. When, if he does, he's going to walk over to the sideline. He's going to hand that ball to Hugh Jackson. It was just one of those moments where I wasn't in a great place. I was struggling in that morning and uh, boom, called it. And then, uh, yeah, loved it. 
just about my appearance fees, guys. <laughs> Over the years, I think it costs about 12 quid a month to run this podcast. So 12 times tw- 12 times 12 times 100, 4. 100, 144. Times 4. It's £576. So... Even if I did get paid one appearance, it wouldn't make up for our podcast fees. Well, that doesn't that doesn't account for our Adobe for right. editing software. That doesn't account for the Zoom fees that we have to pay so we can have three people on a podcast. That doesn't include the hosting fees or the time. So just yeah. from I mic me a mic I mean, because I didn't sound very good. Yeah. I had to buy a mic because I didn't sound good. So the odd part is, is people sometimes ask us, Paul, about why we don't have sponsorships. So that I think that's the part that makes me wonder, like, you think Paul gets paid to go to tailgates and drink all your booze and take all your women, but yet he doesn't even take money from, like, adverts that want to just have us plug, you know, some penis pill or something like that in the middle of the show. So, yes, it's 50, 100 bucks, whatever it is a month, but still, at the end of the day, this is a 100% net loss podcast. We make $0, and we all spend hundreds of dollars of our own money to bring you guys the joy and excitement of the three of our beautiful voices. Yeah, so uh, yeah, just to make a statement, I have never been paid to go to any tailgates. However, over the years, I may have got a few free tickets, which included free booze. To be so, fair, some uh, of those years, they I'm surprised they didn't have to pay you to take those tickets. Um, and uh, as always, I will never charge for my time in the Browns community. Uh, the other good one I'll bring up as an honorable mention was me loaning you my car that broke down in uh, Wisconsin. So. A couple of amazing guests down the years. Um, two, two in particular stood out for me. One was getting Daniel Jeremiah on. I think that, that was just so Big cool man. to have him on here. And the second one for me, it was Evan Silver. Um, I had to get up at four in the morning to do that podcast because it worked in with his time. Um, was someone I really wanted to chat to down the years. And um, phenomenal to be able to sit there and have a chat about... Uh, Hugh Jackson, the Sashi era, stuff like that. So uh, that was an absolute blast. We're, we have to go right back to, I believe, year one for that. So uh, no, that was great. I'll say that was before me. Yeah. But we've, we've had some massive guests. We've had the owners of the Browns. We've had Joe Thomas, um, Scottish Hammer. Um, you know, and there's been some big names in the draft community. We've had uh, Good Morning. No, we haven't. No, no. Good Morning Breakfast. We've had a lot good of morning, NFL football. guys on. We love, love the NFL guys on. Albright's, uh, Albright's, I mean, he's the guy that's made a name for himself. And, you know, he he absolutely fancies our time every once in a while. So, yeah. Yeah, um, Zagura, Bo Bishop. You know, we've had, um, so, yeah, we've had some great guests. Got a love bit of Ken Carmen. It, it's Ken tough Carmen. now because, Paul, back then you were playing in a, in a realm where there wasn't so many podcasts. And I think that's the guys now have had to kind of dial it back, ultimately because a lot of them have their own podcast now. So they're not able to kind of cross-pollinate because they're in contracts or whatever it is. I mean, I've talked to a few people just saying, Hey, if you want, let's come on the podcast, chat it up a little bit. And they're like, I actually can't like, it's part of contracts now that they can't go on other people's podcasts. So it's definitely an adjusting space, but I don't think that it's anything that is going to change anytime soon. But the odd part I have is we talked about it before. I've been on three years now and still there's people that I know when I talk to and they're like, Oh, uh, Paul Brown. They're like, yeah, the British guy. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, you're on his show. And I'm like, oh, so you don't listen. Clearly, you know who Paul is, but you don't listen. So there's that. So you just have a, I don't know if it's your TV appearances or whatnot, but you're just like the likable, uh, the likable Browns fan. I've got trolls, mate. I've got haters. 
Um, Those are your burner it's, accounts. It's what are you talking about? Two of us here, mate. Yeah. <laughs> we, um, tweeted, we tweeted at you while we were waiting. We've also this. we've all cast we've also broadcasted some great places. Jack Buckingham Palace. Yeah. Um, obviously, all around the USA, Iceland. In every airport in the USA, we've more or less recorded a podcast. Yeah. Um, I've done I've done one while driving down the turnpike in Ohio. I've done one in the state of Indiana. I've done one in rush hour. Um, I actually did one at a golf outing one time. I was really excited about getting on a podcast. Uh, I forget what we were talking about. And I brought my mic systems in a backpack and I set up with a hot spot in a golf cart off to the side and had to skip an entire hole that my friends were playing while I podcasted. So. Love it. Um, what has been our worst moment on the podcast, Jack? Worst moment on the podcast. We once fell out, mate. That was a bad moment. Yeah, did we? Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. I do remember. Yeah. What? Oh, uh, what was this about? I went on. Mike, I- we won't. We won't mention any names or anything. But um, Mike, one of our best listeners, was staring at my house on the sofa. Poor Mike. And, Mike, Mike Brown's UK? Yep. Shout out and, Mike Brown's UK. Uh, me and Jack had a disagreement and poor old Mike had to listen to uh, to me and Jack go backwards and forwards. But I think from that moment on, uh, we never had a fallout since. And it wasn't anything really actually to do with the podcast. It was, uh, let's just say, being a bit blunt on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Social media. It, it wasn't oh, yeah. me. That, that, it wasn't me like... When... Um, there wasn't so many uh, podcasts and uh, we were trying to compete to be number one and we took it very personally, I think. So, uh, um, Ian, what's your lowest moment? Well, I think the two that I was directly involved with, I don't, I, I don't know, low moments, whatever it is, but a year and a half after a Titans podcast, we used the buffer music, uh, Tennessee Whiskey by Chris Stapleton. And Paul got his, we got our entire uh, Podbean account shut down because 18 months after the game, somebody found it and we didn't have like user license, even though like it's on YouTube. So I'm not hundred percent sure, but regardless, most of the stuff that I pull comes from YouTube, but yeah, so we got slapped in the wrist on that. And then I did get a letter sent to my boss of the podcast, Paul, because during the, uh, it was the gym, not the John, whatchamacallit Haslam's brother, son-in-law, um, JW. Johnson. Yeah. JW Johnson. Um, I made a comment regarding my thoughts and opinions on the Browns parade and the certain person that hosted it. And they did, they took a little offense to the things I had to say. And they sent Paul a, a message saying about the co-host being quite a, a bad word. So I don't really consider that a low moment. I still stand by what I said. You will never get me yeah. to apologize. But yeah. You remember guys also in the old days, we still podcast every single day. Yeah. It's mad. Some people uh, have Jack, taken that that throw. How many podcasts have we actually done now? Seven hundred, maybe something. I'll look that question up. Yeah, okay. I think this this has been a naturally good point to go and ask. We've got lots of questions from our regular listeners. All right. Well, let's let's hear what we got. What do we? Okay, let's let's start us off on is, an easy one. First one is if the Browns never returned who would be taking who'd be talking about my choice of team would be the colts yours yours would be the colts well i i don't think that was one of the questions okay sorry 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 are you talking about the one that said if the browns didn't return in 99 what team would be we be cheering for i did see that question 
That may be it. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I think the question was. Um... John Perez said, does Ian know when our fancy draft is? I need to ask him well in advance, just in case. Listen here, John Perez, okay? Because I know you're probably going to listen to this one because of your question. It is not my job to tell you when a, a fantasy football draft is. It is literally listed in Yahoo. And I don't believe you've paid your fees from last year. So your question is now null, void, and your fees have now gone up 50%. Thank you. Have a nice uh, day. Owen Jones, who's been on our podcast multiple times. Once. Once. <laughs> and it was the last one. I think he's been on with me before, no? No, I've been on this, show. I've been on he, this podcast. He's he doesn't have one. He's been begging to come on the show for a while, and then we oh. bring him on the podcast, and then he tells me that he missed the penalty. So, Paul, you're actually going to have to teach Owen how to take penalties because it sounds like in his last match he. Uh, no one. He I never teach anything about soccer. Anyway, worst prediction from each of us over the last five years, Owen Jones. Before we go in there, this is podcast 714. It's wow. pretty impressive. Okay. So we're averaging roughly, we've done four years, 200. Yes, we do about 180 a year on average. Then, roughly. Yeah. Let's not, let's not tell my wife how many hours I've spent doing that. Hey, a um, lot of that was the first year. Christmas Day with Paul Brown's mum. <laughs> What's your uh, worst, worst prediction? prediction? Does that have to be on the, on the show or my overall worst prediction in the last five years? Overall, well, I will say my worst prediction, and you probably go back and find it on uh, I and Twitter. I was convinced the Browns were going to make the playoffs in 2017. And for those of you who don't know, we did not win a game. I said playoffs, and we went over. Not so great. I'm going to go with mine. I'm going to do one. It was going into free agency, and I had big hopes for this player. Um, he didn't sign for the Browns, so I'll come up with the Browns one afterwards. But I was really high on Trey Flowers in free agency. I mean, really high. And uh, it hasn't really worked out. Um, but in terms of Brown's one, after year one, I said this player might have a future as the best at the position when Robert Gronkowski retires. And David Njoku quite hasn't lived up to expectations. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with Seth DeValve. And I was going to be like, oh, you got a lot of ground to make up. Uh, I've had a few, I mean, draft wise, I, I was really high on Brett Hundley, which a lot of people continue to this day to point out to me when I watched him his junior year, I was like, man, this guy's mobile, can't have an arm. I was, I think I may have maybe even called him Russ Wilson light. I, I, and uh, I, I wouldn't hate on draft picks pre coming into the league. Well, I was seeing one year in Choku and I was like, this is the guy uh, first round, uh, projected grade for uh do remember mac wilson had a projected first round grade but then i think Henley went in the fifth and then i i spent a lot of efforts trying to stand defend the justin gilbert pick and i didn't really want him i didn't know who he was honestly at oklahoma state just because he was too much of an asshole um and i do hope you heard that justin you are an asshole um and i just tried to defend the pick back then and it just never never not even close he had that pick six against colts and i was like here he comes he's coming this is this coming in party and then out of the league i hated johnny so i'll never i'll never have to defend what's yours paul worst prediction which udfa is going to be a hall of famer (laughs) no um like we said before the show i think any 
undrafted free agents, I expect them to do well. So it's never a surprise. So um, uh, Bro- Bronk, when we got Bronk, I was really um, expecting high things from Brock Eisweiler. Oh, Brock Eisweiler. Brock. I thought you were saying Bronk. Like, is this yeah. Gronk's cousin? Bronk and Brady combined into one. Yeah, no, I was, I was expecting... Um, I was watching the tape. Don't laugh, everyone, on Bro- on uh, Brock. Brock. And um, I was expecting big things. I think I watched his playoff games for Denver, and I was like, this guy has got serious talent. And, when you're uh, talking about big things, you probably just looked at his height. Yeah, that was... That was, um, that was uh, very... Uh, very uh, depressing and probably the first person that we didn't under after free agent didn't make the roster. That was quite a sad moment. Was the Brock Osweiler pick? Was that the Nick Chubb? Yeah. So, he All right. Nick so there's a little salvation in there for you, Paul. Look, the pick, the pick was great though, because we got, was it 35 million given cap or something stupid or no? No, we got pick 35, um, 35, 30. 35 because we had Corbett at 33 and 35. Yeah. No, we had to pay him. They used our cap space. 18 million or something? We bought out, we bought him out for 18 million, but we got Nick Chubbs, the the options. I think it might have been 12. Yeah. Yeah. There was a good bit of money. And then we also had the, we gave Houston that pick that gave them Deshaun Watson, ironically enough, that we got Denzel Ward with. And now, obviously, full circle, we have him. Deshaun. All right, great. Uh, next question. Todd from BCFC. Toddy BCFC. Congratulations on five years of the podcast. I enjoy and appreciate them. My question is, which brand player surprised you and disappointed you the most in the last five years? Jack? So let's get negativity out of the way first. The, the, I don't think it's a player, um, but it's a most disappointing thing. So... For me, the most which Browns player he said played, but he meant player uh, has surprised you. Well, I'm I'm still going to stick with it as my most disappointing because it was a real shot in the heart from my boy AB here in the fourth round, drafting a kicker. I, I, my heart turned over. That's the greatest pick. It's um draft. He he cut me deep there. He cut me deep. Jack, he hasn't even played for the Browns in a competitive game yet. Nobody's already got a good commercial for Serpentini Autogroup. Still cuts me deep. Sargioni. What about Cade's you? It's going to be, first of all, if Cade turns into Justin Tucker Light, you're going to be eating that work. So I still wouldn't pay him after year four. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say you're talking about surprised and disappointed. So we'll do disappointed first. Get the negative Di- together. Disappointed. There was two guys early. This was pre-Ian on the podcast, but there was two guys. One of the reasons I was so damn confident that we were going to make the playoffs coming into 2017, I just thought we had, you know, we had Agba, we had Nassib, we had these guys coming in. We had Garrett. I thought we were going to have this just marvelous defense. But I had most disappointed, Nate Orchard and Josh Gordon. One on the offense, one on the defense. Like, Gordon, I just... It's actually funny because we talked about him in one of our group chats recently. And, you know, I had the opportunity to meet Josh a few times and he's just such a super nice guy. He's a very likable guy, quiet, passive, you know, just a very friendly guy. And I just, his demons obviously have kept him from becoming that star, 
But yeah, from a disappointment stat standpoint, Josh Gordon on the offense, Nate Orchard on the defense. I just thought Orchard had it all coming. I was like, man, out of Utah, I was really confident in his ability. Um, obviously, Agba coming out of Oklahoma State, it's the first pick of the second round was another one. But yeah, it just, I don't know why. I just thought Orchard was kind of this diamond in the rough and he turned out to be uh, rough for sure. Probably, probably mine would be Austin Corbett. Yeah, um, so. picking him basically as a first round pick. I know you're gonna say second round, but um, him and him and Cam Irving are like leading the pack for disappointment in terms of uh, offensive line. And yeah, let's let's chuck um, Kaiser because when we started the podcast, Kaiser was our quarterback. Is that right, Jack? Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, it'd been off first quarterback. Yeah, because when we started the podcast, 2017. The Browns came to England and Kaiser was our quarterback. And then that summer, didn't we sign Baker? And that was the year we started the podcast. I think the podcast started with the Dorsey era. Um, so it started 2018. So yeah, Browns had already come over. Um, because I didn't really know you at that point when the Browns were over. So I met you just Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So 2017, uh, Kaiser was... Yep. Our quarterback, and then 2018, Browns took Baker Mayfield. Is that is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that was the Baker Denzel. But I will say we oh. talk a lot about quarterback no, stats. Did we get Miles Garrett first or not? That was 2017. We got Garrett, Peppers, and Njoku in the same draft. Got and then the year after was Baker and Denzel. However, a lot of people sleep on this with Deshaun Kaiser. We talk about deep ball accuracy and mid range accuracy and short term accuracy. Deshaun Kaiser had some of the most impressive defender accuracy I've ever seen in terms of red zone completions, defender accuracy, unrivaled. I, I can't remember who I was working for at the time. However, I made a chart of all of Deshaun Kaiser's interceptions and fumbles and where they occurred on the field. If you want a good stat, Jack, take a football field, write the defense on the left offense on the right and put about 30 X's in the end zone. And about 25 of them between the 20 yard line and the end zone. And that was, he had, I think, one fumble at the 50 yard line. But like 90 something percent of his turnovers were inside the 25 yard line, like taking scoring opportunities off the board. It was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. Embrace the tank. He's no Nate Peterman. <laughs> what a stud. He's still so, in the league, isn't he? Yeah, probably. Amazing. Um, I'm going to go with my biggest surprise. And I, for me, this was incredible, the move we saw from this player. Um, went into camp battling for a position. And he's turned around and had an absolute insane season. I mean, absolutely incredible. Um, second uh, Might have been second team all pro, but he was certainly up there in those discussions. And that's Wyatt Teller. Um, I think going into that season, he, he's probably the player that's gone from Little expectation. We were talking about, hey, he's going to be competing with Drew Forbes. He's going to be competing with, um, I forget the other guy's name, um, but it was a nobody. Corbett. It was Corbett. Um, it was Corbett, Forbes, and Teller. No one knew who that was going to be. And absolute insane. Because I think we made the trade and the next day, um, Forbes got injured. And then, uh, oh, wait, it's down two. And uh, yeah, obviously it didn't go well after he got paid this year, but hey. We'll the, iron, the irony of Wyatt Teller is, is I remember Paul and I were in Paul Brown Stadium, which will soon be changed the name of that. So that's glad you didn't become a Bengals fan, huh, Paul? That's um, true. 
Oh, yeah, they're selling the name rights to Paul Brown Stadium. They've got to pay for uh, Joey B's signing bonus somehow. So we were down there week <sighs> 17, and Wyatt Teller got benched by James Campen, I think was the offensive line coach. And Paul and I were only about 10 or 12 rows off the field, and he lost it. I mean, he was slamming his helmet. He had to be held back by coaches. I mean, it was quite the production on the sideline after he got benched in week 17. Um, so to go from being benched as a guard to all pro, that is, that is, I will say, definitely surprising considering, I mean, Dorsey geniusly gave up, I think, you know, a couple day three picks to get him. So clearly that man knew what real football players were. Well, he gave up even more to uh, draft Austin Corbett. He was right and that, that wrong. A- that was a trade chip. See, he wanted to make sure the Rams had the guard they needed for their Super Bowl run. Duh. Uh, surprise for me, since everybody likes to do a little tweet checking, I can't hide from this one. But if you go back and look, you'll notice that coming into that 2018 draft, I really wasn't all that high in Denzel Ward. Wasn't. Obviously, Ohio State, lived in Columbus, saw him play. I thought he was undersized. Yeah, we had the Gus Johnson. You know, you got barbecue back there and you didn't invite me. Um, but I was worried about size and I think there's a tweet out there. I, I'm not confirming or denying. Somebody asked me if I would rather have Bradley Chubb, Saquon Barkley or Denzel Ward. And I had said Bradley Chubb hands down. So I had a little bit of slander from Denzel Ward. So I should say towards Denzel Ward going into that draft. Then we took him. I'm still a little hesitant on him, but he's become one damn good corner and definitely surprising because I didn't think he was ever going to live up to his top five draft status, and he's he's been close. Here's a stat that I always find funny when people go, oh, Denzel Ward, he, he barely plays, barely plays. Per year since they entered the league, Denzel Ward comfortably plays more games, than, uh, more snaps per season than Miles Garrett. Oh, you and that stupid stat with the pass rushers. And it's one where people, when, when I tell people, oh, Miles my, Garrett, you'll only play about 66% of snaps, 70% because you have to rotate the position. They refuse to accept that's true. And they tell me Denzel Ward misses all, all the time in the world. It's, it's just one of those funny ones where it, people, I don't know whether they think Madden where guys don't get substituted or however it goes into the mind, but it's just an interesting dynamic to know. But did Denzel club uh, Mason Rudolph over the head of the helmet? And no, 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 he didn't. So that was the most surprising moment, I think, if, I, if I'm being honest. The poetry, man, because, Paul, if you remember right, we were in that uh, that Zoom session with Miles Garrett for that his charity, the Water Boys, and asking questions. And then, like, two weeks later, he just loses it. The, ma- the man of photographs and or photography and poetry just dents Mason Rudolph's big-ass head. So that was the most surprising moment on the field. What's that? Was it that close when he did it? Oh, it was within a couple of weeks of it. I remember being in Munich listening to it. So, yeah, well. The funny thing is I went to bed. I went to bed like two snaps probably before that play because the game was over. Nothing happened. I woke <laughs> up in the morning. My phone was blowing up and I'm like, what? Well, I was going to hit someone. I was like, I watched the game. It didn't happen. And uh, yeah. But oh, yes, it did. I and now Larry Go and Joby's in Pittsburgh. Is he? Yeah, Ogan Joby's fan with the Steelers. I always always rated him high as a draft pick. My biggest surprise was probably Scottish Hammer making the roster. Yeah, you I didn't you was... didn't like that at the time. No. Um, 
Yeah, that's probably my biggest uh, biggest surprise. Obviously, uh, the call, the cornerback uh, Robert Green. Robert AJ. Griffin the third. No, it's oh, AJ. corner. You're talking about UDFA AJ Green. Yeah, AJ Green having the, the best career of his life. He he is he is performing well. But to clarify the question from earlier, so Craig Anderson asked if the Browns had not returned, who would we, as in the podcast, be talking about? His personal choice of team would be the Colts. So if there was a non-Browns team out there, Paul, who would you support? Would it be the Bengals because of the name? Do you know what? I think it. I think it would be because of the name, Paul Brown Stadium. I, if the Browns never came back, uh, uh, he's talking about Art Medell era, yeah? Correct. Yeah. Um, I think I'd have gone Bengals because I've got a stadium named after me. I, I don't think there's any other logic for me to support any other NFL team. Jack, what analytics-driven GM would you have been most attracted to? So it's a weird one because people who listen to the show will know I was a Pats fan first because as a kid, turned on TV and Eng- a team with England in the name were playing a team with Miami in the name. And I was like, hey, England in the name. Um, I'd have been what, God knows how young, but that was the time when I went, hey, I'll just support them with England in the name. And then it was like, oh, I feel like a Man United fan. So I'll find a team that isn't the one that wins all the time. And uh didn't quite realize what I was getting in for when I chose the Browns, but Deep Podesta was here, so I went for it. So probably as I got more interested in the analytics, it would have naturally been the Eagles. They're a team that I sort of root for under the table um, because, hey, who doesn't love a bit of Howie Roseman? Yeah, ironically enough, going back to that, that 99 season, the Colts was an easy one because of Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was just a really likable guy. Um, but, but I was also a big San Diego Chargers fan. Um not only because of the colors, I had some family that lived out there. Um, so during the off years, which would have been those late nineties teams, the chargers and Marty shot and I were really good. So I was a big, I, I liked the chargers, but then ironically enough, growing up a kid that's uh, I shouldn't say a kid. I was grown ass man, a guy that uh, went to my high school ended up playing for the bears. So we followed, this would have been mid nineties. Uh, he went to Ohio state and then we're running back um, Raymond Harris for all of you locals. So Raymond from Lorraine, uh, ended up playing for the Bears. And then during my college years, a lot of guys, you know, Krenzel, Sanzenbacher, a lot of guys, Marcus Freeman, even there, my former biology lab partner, uh, who is now the head coach at Notre Dame. Shout out to you, Marcus. Uh, you're welcome for that. Hey, I got you. But uh, yeah, so next year. <laughs> there you go. Coming over to Ireland. Uh, yes, that's right. But uh, yeah, so I would say the Bears was one that I liked, but I was also a far fan. So that have been a tough one. But yeah, I would say the, uh, the Bears and the Chargers. The other team I, I nearly root for was the Seahawks. When uh, Russell Wilson went there, I really liked him. And uh, I was looking for rookie QB playing a lot of Madden that year. And I didn't like going with uh, Luck and uh, RG3. I would regularly go with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Mm, there you go. What's next? What else? Uh, other questions we've been asked. It's, it's one about who would we oh, like Brian to see play Walker. the Super Bowl. Who would be your cho- 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 Who would you choose to perform the Super Bowl? Sorry, it's kicking off outside. Who would you choose to perform the Super Bowl halftime show if you could choose any artist? Ooh, Paul, I think you have an answer to that one, right? You said I'd always go Eminem, but um... boo, Eminem, no. 
Michigan guy. Uh, for me, if I have to pick one artist, um, I would probably go with like, I'm, I'm, I see my thing with music is I, I like every type of music. Right. So obviously I play the bagpipes. So if I could, I would have my bagpipe band perform just so we could get the exposure for it. Mm-hmm. But um, nobody obviously would listen. And in the same sense, like you can't really do like jazz, which is another great form of music. Uh, but I think Luke Bryan puts on a good show. So, but personally I would do a, like a country themed halftime show where I would get a bunch of different guys that were all, and I would go that route. I think they generally tend to go too much coast to coast, trying to appease the New York and the LA audiences. I think there's a huge segment of the country in the middle that would really enjoy uh, a little bit different, you know, like Bruno Mars doesn't do it for me. Lady Gaga doesn't do it for me. Uh, The one with Dre and Snoop. I mean, those were shout out from the nineties, but it's hard to appreciate those type of guys in a halftime show just because of violations and what their messages is about. Like that's not really family friendly, you know, not saying that like all country is family friendly because some of the lyrics in their songs are you know, not, not exactly age appropriate, but I would do something fun loving and make it uh, country themed. So the band I would love to play a band called me versus zero I'm a favorite band um seen them 27 times but the biggest they've headlined to is about 300 people so I, I don't think they'd be getting the call um but if i had to go for a big band i'm gonna go with queen with adam lambert I, I think that would be a uh fun performance it's better than all the uh overproduced crap you get on a, a super bowl halftime show i, th- I think that'd be i can't awesome. even tell you the last time i watched one Right. I don't, I don't really watch the halftime show. That's when I go and stock up on food and stuff like that. Just because I think Jack, I think you just described it perfectly overproduced. It's too much. Like the, the legendary one with Michael Jackson was just straight performance, right? There's not all the production aspect. Yeah. There's flames and stuff. I get all that, but yeah, you're right. The sets and all that. Nah. Didn't one year, one thing, the field catch on fire. Or something? Probably. Jeez. Yeah. All right, so Paul, I have one that came in from the sidelines, so I'll ask you this first, so you have no prep on this. Who is your favorite Browns player in the last five years? So from the 2017 season to today, so the Miles Garrett draft class to today, who is your favorite Browns player? Um, Besides Cade York. I'll probably go um, personal level first. Scottish Hammer, obviously because of the connection. Uh, then obviously players being like Odell, I know I'm not talking about anything he's done on the field or anything, but obviously meeting him in London. So yeah, so, and Joe Thomas, you know, these are the players. I, I think to myself, if I was in by, if I had a Browns cave, what jerseys would I want up on the wall? And it'd probably be Scottish Hammer, Odell, and you know, I like Baker as well. You know, um, I've bought his jersey, the white one he bought against the Steelers. So yeah, that's the way I did. That's my rationality around my thinking. What jerseys would I like? But over the years, obviously met Peppers, great guy. Um, who else have I met over the years? Which I've you know really liked. Higgins was also a uh, person I met multiple times, and the. Money, the cool money, money, Mitch, Terrence Mitch. Yeah. Yeah. So they're all the, they're all the names. Jack, 
favorite Browns player? I'm going to, I'm going to go for him. So he's no longer on the Browns, unfortunately. We, uh, I don't know whether we got outbid in free agency or he just wouldn't come back, but starting corner, one of the best slot corners in the NFL last year. Oh yeah. It's the double T. I'm like, I know who he's talking about. And, uh, yeah, he, he graded really, really, really well for PFF as well. He's, uh, like one of eighth, eighth best corner or something last year. Um, over the moon for the guy. Um, yeah, your cl- your classic guy that just battled and battled and battled and battled. So, yeah, definitely tenth like the best guy corner, that- tenth best corner for PFF last year. I think he was their That's best amazing. slot corner. Um, and what? Sorry, I, I I'd even said it was like, hey, I don't, I don't want him out there playing corner. Um, but he, he's got the opportunity, and he, he to be fair, he's, he's gone out and killed it. Um, Miles is sort of the other one. Um, I, I just love the dude's character off the field. Um, the fact that he's he's there and can do the whole hey i'm gonna sit and play dungeons and dragons with johnny stanton and those sort of dudes but he can then go out and he, he's got like his french bulldog meetups or doggy meetups on german has, shepherd it's higgins that has the french bulldogs um and then there, there's the movies in the park for kids there there's just so much good stuff he does and um obviously the, yeah the, there's one embarrassing incident that he'll have to live with but that's it I still would love people, somebody to find out like what happened there. Cause it, you're right. It's, we talked to him with the water boys and, you know, obviously bringing fresh drinking water to, you know, to underprivileged people in Africa and stuff. It's just a great foundation. And overall, I mean, he's just a guy. Yeah. You would absolutely hang out with. Um, and for that moment, you're just like, really? Like it, it is uncharacteristic. So we talk about benefit of the doubt with other players that don't get it. Miles is one. I'm just going to give it the benefit of the doubt that something, something triggered, something happened there. Um, Favorite for me, I'm a Kool-Aid drinker with a lot of them, right? So Miles is obviously an easy one. And there's been a few guys that have come through that I'm a big fan of. And obviously Should just say Charlie Hewlett. It's not, I can't, I don't want to take Jack McCurry's thunder there. Like I can't. Um, and obviously if we go back, we have Phil Dawson and Joe Thomas and stuff. That's before, but for me, it's Baker Mayfield. It is. I, I love Baker. I just, everything about him, the personality, the thing that Baker does that pisses everybody off is me. Like, that's just what I do. Anybody that knows me will understand this, that I was constantly the guy that wanted to stir the pot. I was the constantly the guy that was like, oh, that's the case. Why, 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 why? I'm like the definition of root cause analysis. And I can be a real spiteful son of a bitch. So if you came and you started stirring up questions about me getting blowjobs in a cheesecake factory parking lot and all this other crap in front of my wife, I would spite the ever living hell out of you. Now, Baker has some pretty good witty stuff, you know, like how you're slipping in the, the sayings, you know, silent, like the G and lasagna type of stuff. That is just me. That's just something I would do. So I'm going to say Baker. And I still am a Baker fan and I will be a Baker fan just because I love the middle finger attitude because I hate to break the news already. That's just kind of who I am as well. You probably can tell sometimes. Yeah, like I say, I'm positive for Baker. I'm a, a big fan of a uh, big fan of him and always will be. Uh, even if he goes and beat the Browns week one, I'll still be a Baker fan. Absolutely. And I will say I, I do. Joel Batonio is my honorable mention. Just what a dude. What a dude. 
I mean, if there's, there's somebody you're putting up there and kind of the Mount Rushmore of, you know, Brown's culture changing all this stuff, you know, it's impossible to say a guard did it, but you know, we talked about how miles does all the right things. Well, Joe, Joel Batonio does all of that without the blemish. Right. And I think that's what has really pivoted the Browns to being such a likable team, getting guys like JC Treader and guys like Joel Batonio, you know, come in. I mean, these are just super standout guys. I mean, Denzel Ward, super John Johnson, real likable guy. Um, you know, Peppers was obviously a little bit different. He was, you know, more of the Baker mold. I just couldn't like him because of Michigan. So there you go. Cool. Uh, Jack, any questions for everyone on the podcast? I don't think so. Just uh... If we're going to do best, we got to do least. Least favorite Brown. Not least favorite draft pick, Jack. I've got my, I've got my least favorite uh, Browns player. I think I know Jack's. That's why I kind of want to bring this one in here. Who should it Who's yours, Paul? I'm not sure. Kenny Britt. Kenny Britt. Oh, God. Yeah, what a sack of shit he was. Good. He should be in prison for robbery. He, he got a thousand yards the year before, and then I was expecting big things. And then he just came out with obviously uh, didn't want to come to London, didn't like the Browns, all this type of stuff. Yeah, my, my issue is not with him. My issue is with the donkey that is. Uh... <laughs> John Dorsey giving up so much assets for him. Uh, by the and way, I was using him finger so putts to see if Jack's uh, least favorite Brown was Jarvis Landry. And so uh, that's where this is. I, I hate it. It wasn't Jarvis's fault. It, it, if someone gives, Hey, we gave Chris Hubbard massive money for him to come play right, ta- right tackle and start. That's not his fault. He got given that money. Um, it's the decision of the front office to give him that money. Um, Austin Hooper there's a potentially because I, I just didn't like that signing at the time um, and nothing convinced me since I'll let you hit yours and then I'll come in I, the, the number one of all time is outside of the five year window and that's Johnny Manziel I disliked him in college yep I disliked him in college so I continue to dislike him after that but I would say, let me think, uh, Corey Coleman. I just, what he, so when the Browns were doing those scrimmages down in Columbus, he was there and not that I was like expecting anybody, like I was underneath with all the players. So like it was, a, it was in a restricted area. So it's not like where all the fans were. And I kind of just said, what well, was up? I just said, what's up to him. We were in a food line and he was just a punk. He was just a punk. And so Corey Coleman is up there with me. Uh, now on the flip side, like Danny Shelton and a lot of those guys, uh, Josh McCown, super nice guys. Like all these guys that are in the same position were far more proven than Corey Coleman ever was. And his punk ass wanted to make his comments. So uh, yeah, I would say uh, Antonio Callaway probably was another one that I just. Oh, I wanted big, I, I had big visions of him. Not big. He was drafted. Right. Well, when you got, ever got excited about a drafted player? <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> valid point. So. Uh, the other one was Chad Thomas. I know you loved him, right, Paul? Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. Chad Thomas for me. And uh, what a joke. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to say he's not a player. John Dorsey. I'm just going to major nine. break the rule and just say ev- everything relating to John Dorsey um, just made me sick. Come on, mate. He's... 
he's probably the most closest GM to the podcast. Yeah, no, I'd tell him that if he came on it. <laughs> all right, so, so, all right, Jack. Final question. This one's from me. You unfortunately lost a challenge, so you have to get locked in a hotel room for an entire weekend. Your two choices of companions are John Dorsey or Hugh Jackson. Oh, Hugh. You're taking Hugh. Um, You're going to hang out all weekend with Hugh Jackson. No, actually, I'm going to take Dorsey because anything Hugh tells me is probably a lie. So, um, Well, Dorsey I, could probably beat the crap out of you, though, because if you start questioning his draft picks, he's just going to pummel you. Bring actually. it. I'll sue him afterwards. <laughs> oh, no. Well, there's no, there's no cameras in here. Nothing, <laughs> everything that happens in that room stays in that room. No, it, it'd be more interesting chatting to Dorsey. Paul, I, you don't really have anybody that you don't like. So in terms of that, so yeah. Uh, Hugh Jackson's wound up a little bit just because of the aftermath of the Browns, the way he dealt with everything. Yeah, he, he needed a better publicist for sure. But overall, I like uh, Hugh. Okay, here's a name that I expect to do better. Um, Caleb Bradley, Brantley. Oh, Caleb In my Brantley. head, he was a first-round pick that I thought we got the best bargain ever with. Uh, another one was Zach Banner. I expected more from Zach Banner, who was also, in my eyes, a first-round pick. Did he ever really get a chance here? I feel like he had some injuries and stuff like that. Hmm. So, he's done all right for himself in Pittsburgh, and then now he's a free agent, I think. Free agent, yeah. Who? Banner. Zach Banner. Yeah. Uh, he's injured now. I think he's he's done. Oh, he's calling it quits? Yeah. Oh, good. We can get him on the podcast now. So overall, I'd say it's been, it's been fun, you know, and obviously people can note that we've taken a little bit of back in terms of the, uh, how many podcasts we're going to do only because there's just such a wide range of podcasts out there nowadays. And, you know, we talk in privately within chats and all that other stuff, the amount of Browns content out there is really just kind of what your taste is. You know, if you love the glasses half full, there's some podcasts for you. If you love the glasses half empty, there's some podcasts for you. We just try to provide that bar banter style. Obviously Jack, Paul and I come at it from three completely different standpoints in terms of what it's like to be a fan, which I think is what people really kind of draw the connection. You know, we genuinely like each other. We weren't forced upon each other, um, which I think makes it just more organic. And we don't do it for profit. We're not trying to hawk things to you, even though who knows if somebody comes with an enticing offer one of these days, maybe you'll, maybe you'll get subjected to a quick commercial. Do sign up for the OBR though. Thank you. Yes. Jack's plug. There you go. And use the promo code, uh, Duffin discount in terms of your check. Duffin discount, Ted, your 10% yes. discount. So, but yeah, it, it, it's a fun thing to do. We, we love interacting with people. Obviously we get a lot of DMS and stuff like that. And Paul just doesn't believe in the word sources. He just tells you flat out who he's talking to. Um, uh, but outside of that, yeah, I mean, it's fun. We're going into year five. We've weathered the 0-16 the storms. We've been through a playoff thing. We are a couple of plays away from an AFC championship game. Hell, we lived long enough to see the Bengals make the Super Bowl. So, God, hell really is freezing over. Well, I've got a little bit of snippet I don't think I told on the podcast. Ooh. Uh, spoke to Mary Kay when she was in London. Did I tell anyone that? No, you did not. I was actually tempted to ask you about that. I'm still uh, she got mugged. Here's a, here's a, yeah, damn, sorry, Jack. 
that's one of my life goals is to get that sorted for you. Um, Shout out Mary Kate, unblocked Jack Duffin. Yeah, she got mugged in London, lost her phone. So where? Well, hold on, mugged. just for clarification, in in America, when you get mugged, you get physically assaulted. So, oh yeah, so I believe she, she was pickpocketed. I think yeah. is the word you're looking for. Yes, she uh, she got pickpocketed, not mugged. So Mary Kate did not get it assaulted. happened in. Uh, London, so it's officially a mugging over here. Yeah, by your word. So Owen and all you across the pond boys will understand that. But for the U.S. audience, without the use in the words, she got pickpocket. Was it Borough Market, Paul? No, it was Camden Market. Okay, okay I was going to say, because you and I met at Borough, so I'm glad I kept my hands in my pocket. But yeah, at the so, end of the day, you, you just, you're only meeting hipsters down in Borough Market, so you're all right. Pretty good food, actually. Oh, it's good, it's good food. But it's hipsters. They're, they're not going to rob you. They're, they're all eating like 15 pound um, little sandwiches. So uh, meat, meat pies. Yeah. They, they go there and choose to be robbed over the counter. <laughs> but um, some brown news today. Deshaun Watson, not the most paid quarterback anymore. He's no longer second. He's been replaced by uh, Alan Murray. Murray yeah. We've I brought in four is- dudes for workouts. Yeah, oh, yeah two, right. two names, two names there, two quarterbacks have been quarterbacks that Paul Brown wanted for the Browns. Former first round pick and the facts champ of the world. I I, I wonder if um, literally AB is just ripping the piss out of uh, Hugh Jackson by bringing AJ McCarron in for a workout and Josh Rosen. Hey, I'm I'm more than happy with either of them because when you're talking about a fourth QB on your depth chart. You are not going to sign someone that, that that good. Even if you brought in Cam Newton and people are like, oh, Cam Newton's not great. If you're playing your fourth QB of the season and it's Cam Newton, it's Josh Rosen, you could do a lot worse. There's teams where their second, Nate, third Nate Peterman QB, was like their second or third in some years. Exactly. And it's like, I think Cam would be a really shrewd signing. Is All he's going to do is run the ball up the middle. But that's fine. If your choice is run the ball with Cam Newton and run the ball with Nick Chubb, it's better than allowing Nate Peterman to throw a ball. So um, <laughs> I, I, I don't mind this move. You need a fourth dude. And if Watson, 99% chance, I'd say, gets suspended, then you're down to three and you're going to have three on the roster or two on the roster and one on the practice squad. So bringing in one of these guys, I think is super smart rather than, was it Felix something we had as a UDFA? We could be having this Felix dude that, lasted two days um, on the 90-man roster, or you bring in AJ McCarron or Josh Rosen, it's a no-brainer. And the I other think two, they... Derek Dillon and Darius Shepard, both um, USFL dudes. Sure. Tomato, tomato. Uh, the one thing I think that McCarron and Josh Rosen, I mean, Rosen has a little bit of a attitude, but he is a smart guy. So McCarron, both smart guys, their talent doesn't make up for their brain. I mean, AJ McCarron, the best decision of his life was uh, Catherine Webb. Beautiful. Great job out of you, AJ. Way to just absolutely dominate that. But also the guys hung around the league this long because he's a smart guy. You know, at Alabama, this is a guy that just can come in. If you give him 20 plays that you need him to run in camp, as Jack said, as a QB4, QB3. Yeah, I would actually probably, if I had to bet on one of those two, I'd probably bet that McCarron has a better chance. So hopefully they send him an email this time though to get him a cup of kit. Is that so the fax thing? You got it. You gotta believe. Um any any news on Deshaun Watson? Like when are we gonna find out when he's suspended? 
expected the rumors are it's going to be sometime next week and that's any time through the week that is the belief if not it'll be the week after so we're looking in the next two weeks um past here and no one really knows on time scales of the announcement will come from sue robinson it'll probably be leaked before that because she has to tell the two sides i believe before she announces and all this stuff gets leaked then Goodell could then go and overturn that decision. I don't think that's going to be something we'll hear straight away. So it could all be a weird one, um, really. Um, but n- no one knows. E- even sources coming from within the Browns and telling um, Brad, it's like the fact that everyone's saying something different means no one really knows. Here's my prediction. I think it gets announced tomorrow, which would be the 22nd, the Friday. It's going to happen on a Friday. So it's either going to happen on the 22nd or the 29th. This is what the NFL, all the PR people know. You dump it on the 29th. And I think, here's my prediction. I think it drops tomorrow. And I think the initial is going to be like eight games or so. And I think the NFL is going to come and tack on either two or four games. I think there'll be the initial ruling. If it's if it comes out as 12, then maybe not. But I think it'll be like an eight. And the NFL says, thank you, that we're going to add four. And I think that's when you're going to go into appeal and stuff. But I'm still in that. I personally would give them a year. But I think it's probably likely going to be in that 10 to 12 games because before you'd mentioned six games, 16 game season. Now that we're a 17 game season, I just see it being over eight. So I think it's going to be tomorrow, the 22nd. And no, I'm not tweeting that like all these other trolls. I think it's going to be tomorrow. And then I think it gets bumped up by two to four games by the NFL. There we go. So, Jack, any other Browns news we need to discuss? Not really. Perry and Winfrey signed. So uh, all the draft picks are signed now. Um, happy, happy days. Um, pr- uh, training camp practice is on the starts. July 27th, if I'm correct. 24th, 27th? Yeah, something. Next week. Sometime next week. Next week. Is, don't they get there on the 27th, like the Wednesday, and then they start the Thursday or something? Uh, yeah, it says here, yeah, according to Brown's tomorrow. Web- so as you're listening to that today, so Friday the 22nd, and the veterans report on the 26th. There you go. And then they that's for check-ins, and then they start the 27th. Yeah, okay, cool. And then we've got a game on the 12th of August. Whoop, whoop. Cannot wait. 11th September's the countdown, though. Come There's on, literally two, two, two dates I'm properly stoked about. It's cut down to 53-day, and then first game of the season. The three preseason games will be good. Um, I don't know how much of it I'm going to watch live. I don't know the times. Well, on that note, gentlemen, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy, 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 happy anniversary. It's been a pleasure, obviously, with the last three years with you guys here. My anniversary is obviously in August. So, but uh, yeah, it's, it's been fun. I think there are some very bright days ahead for this team. Um, you know, obviously it'll be great getting you guys back over here. Jack, our goal is going to be within the next three years to get you to a game in Cleveland, in Cleveland. We're going to get Jack Duffin to Cleveland, to the Muni lot. Yeah. Cause the plan this year is you're in Florida for the dolphins. Yeah. Into Miami. And then it's next year is to hopefully do the Chargers away. Cause I'm in California anyway, the year after probably going to be in Asia, so it won't be Cleveland. Year after that, 
I'll see what we'll I just do. stick you on one of the flights with Paul. You just pop over for, you know, a Thursday through a Sunday, hit a bang banger and there you go. Do, do, do the year after that uh, Asia trip. We'll figure something out. We'll do a GoFundMe and get your flight paid for it. So then you can come. I heard Cleveland has a good Broadway scene. So maybe we can catch a musical while you're over here too. They love musical. So, all right, gentlemen, much obliged. Uh, if there's anything else, obviously tweet at us. Or if you want any questions, we can take the discussion uh, to the tweet machine. Paul, what else you got to finalize with? Do you want to say thanks to all our listeners for the last four or five years? Uh, without you, we'd be nothing. So thank you. And as always, if you want more interaction or anything you ever want, my DMs are always open and are always listening. Well, on that note, go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns.